Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. This is the greatest show in the galaxy and it is hot as balls here in England. Oh my god, Mike, why won't it stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're just, we're just throwing that out up top so you don't complain that you can hear our fans in background. We're not turning them off or we will die. Mm -hmm. It's so hot in Britain. I, I know there's probably people who are listening to this going, <laughs> 90 is... degrees, that's not hot. It is for us, okay? Yeah. And it's and basically, because we are nation is usually sodden and dreary and damp and cold mm -hmm. our houses our boxes designed to keep heat in yes. um so at this time of year we all die because our houses do not become cool air conditioning in people's houses is unknown here mm -hmm. and so we have fans that only go to three and shorts and that is it <laughs> <laughs> the occasional ice lolly if you're lucky if you're lucky <laughs> uh. anyway so let's let's well, before we both die of dehydration in the hot rooms we do these shows in, um, I believe we've got an email. We have from uh, Thomas Meehan. Hello, Tom. He says, hey. uh, I'm a new listener of the podcast and I'm enjoying it so much. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. He asks, will you be discussing in length or individually, one, an unearthly child? Yes. Two, the three doctors. Yeah, probably. Yep. Three, Genesis of the Daleks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, for the five doctors yeah we'll, we'll probably do that I imagine probably with the three doctors but yes continue mm -hmm. uh, five the end of time we have to say we, I would say yes but we've also some we have to, we did a Christmas um, specials mm -hmm. episode a little while ago Tom so if you want to go and check that out we did talk about it uh, stay tuned for the story of when I had because when it went broadcast first time I had the flu mm -hmm. and was running a very high fever and thought that I'd imagine some of it um, so <laughs> Stay tuned for that one, but yes, I can I can imagine that we'll come back to it at some point. Yes, mm -hmm. so and uh, six the day of the doctor, which we did. We will talk about you know probably again, but we mm -hmm. uh, way way back at the beginning of this uh, podcast, you know, right in the early days when we first started, we did an audio commentary of it, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, we got a bit experimental so, there. Yeah, we tried doing an audio commentary, so yeah, you can you can check that out because um, we did it not long after it actually broadcast. Mm -hmm. But we haven't talked about it since, so yes. Um, so all of those stories I expect we will get to at some point. Yes, and he also says, also, are you continuing your retrospectives, and will you be redoing retrospectives on series 8 to 10? Um, I would say yes, we will be doing 5, 6, and 7 in due course. Um, yes, we will. I think the reason why we haven't gotten around to doing them yet is we've only got three of them left. So we're kind yeah, of so we're to... trying to space them out a bit. <laughs> yeah, and, and also we've got like the 13th Doctor incoming at a rate of knots uh, now, so we're probably going yes. to park that until Mary's... It's probably going to be Mary's until the new year uh, before we get back to doing stuff like that. But um, yes, we will be doing yes. them. Yeah, um, and also, I mean, with... Because uh, with, with um, 8 and uh, onwards, we were doing sort of on-the-spot reviews of every episode as they mm -hmm. went, but I think that in the future we will definitely circle back around to sort of, with, with some time and space what what, mm -hmm. um, as, <laughs> as um, uh, to, to look at them again but I think uh, it's going to be a little while because at the yeah. moment it, it, it's kind of too soon, mm -hmm. um, and also we, you, know, you know, you need a couple of years to kind of uh, feel the need to go back and look at it, kind of, you feel like it needs a fresh assessment um, yeah. so, uh, yeah, we will, we will come back round to them, but probably not for some considerable time. I'll say, you know, maybe even another, you know, check us in a year and see where we are, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much for that, Thomas. Um, hope you keep enjoying the show. Uh, yep. Very much appreciated. Nice to hear some new voices as well. Absolutely. Right. So next up, we have some news nuggets to discuss. And um, mm -hmm. took a while, but apparently there's been a uh, Series 11 leak. Oh goodness! So, have you seen it? Um, no. I've been. I have. To... Right. <laughs> I have because um, Ch I wasn't going to, but mm. Chuck obtained it, mm. uh, and then was sitting on the sofa with a cat bum face. <laughs> um, so I said, "Just show me what's wrong," you know. So I did watch it. Mm. Um, so I, it was basically to say it's basically what I expected is is pretty. I think it's, I don't know how to talk about it and not ruin mm. it for you. So, um, but I w what I will say is that if Jodie is going to be like what I saw in the clip, we're going to be all right. Okay, cool. That's all I'll say about it. But yeah, yeah um, but what's interesting actually about this leak is the BBC is 
decided no more of this mm. and is seeking legal action, which I think might be the first time they've actually gone to the courts about it. I think so, yeah. Um, they've gone to... Yeah, they requested a clerk at the California Federal Court issue a subpoena to Tapatalk, uh, which is a mobile community platform. Um, they're being represented by an attorney. And, um, yeah, and they, this attorney um, firm are, like, known... Um, for tackling piracy before big events, so I'm wondering whether this footage that's been leaked was supposed to be shown at SDCC. Yes, I think that this probably was going to be the clip they were going to show at Comic Con, mm -hmm. um, which is why they are so pushed about it because obviously this was going to be the big, the big reveal, and you know your first look at Jody and all this sort mm -hmm. of thing, and now it's somebody's bloody ruined it. Um, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it, actually, it would be nice to see like a proper version of it because the the copy that I saw was kind of pretty grainy and mm -hmm. kind of shitty looking. So, I mean, if that is the indeed the clip they decide to go with, still, I mean, I'd imagine that it is. Um, then it'd be nice to see it sort of properly, if mm -hmm. you like. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, but I think it's about time, really. Actually, they yeah. um, kind of got the deployed the lawyers because there's only so much this can keep happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because people have been entirely getting away with it. And while you think, well, it's only just a little 30-second clip, it just every it just feel every year this happens yeah. to some degree. And it's like, you know, I think that obviously they're banking a lot on, you know, effectively, you know, every new Doctor is effectively a soft reboot. But, I mean, obviously there's a lot of significance with it being the first female Doctor. And, mm -hmm. you know, they want to they wanna keep that hype train going as much as they can do. So... Mm leaks really don't help them in that regard so yeah. yeah it's about time that they they did something about it yeah and to be honest i mean although this leak is still bad it's not as bad as some of the ones we've had um well no years. i mean like the series 10 leak was <laughs> yeah. absurd and all that sort of thing i mean effectively half the season was leaked and mm -hmm. um, you know all, all that sort of thing so i mean it, it's nothing like as bad but i think still. you know still i mean it's it you know it, it, you've got to show if you're going to be serious about it, then be serious about it. Mm -hmm. You you need to go and you need to go and strike it down with furious vengeance. Mm. Um, obviously, it's it's better than what happens with their YouTube channel most of the time because they end up copyright striking themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah. They post stuff on their YouTube channel and then because obviously there's some sort of automatic filter, mm -hmm. they end up copyright striking their own stuff, <laughs> which is so Aww. dumb. Um, but yeah, they, they needed to get serious about it. And obviously that they're trying to, I think obviously get this subpoena, they're trying to work out where this leak came from. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously if, if it is internal, then someone's going to lose their job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, that's the other thing as well. If it is internal, they need to know because yeah. they can't have huge waves of the thing leaked and all this sort of thing. You need no. to get ahead of this. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, because, like, as we've seen, that sometimes stuff getting leaked and then it doesn't have a positive review can really hurt shows mm. and movies. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Damage yeah. limitation now, effectively. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't blame them as well. Um, oh, God, no, no. Hmm. Also in uh, Series 11 news, we have our new composer. Hooray! Yeah, Sagan Akinola, um, who is an alumni of the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire. Um, and actually, if you go into SoundCloud, you can search for him, and he does have um, some samples of his work. Uh, he, he's mostly done like documentaries. Um, the most recent one, I think, is Expedition Volcano. Uh, he's also done uh, The Human Body Secrets of Your Life Revealed, uh, Black and British of Forgotten History, um, BHS, How Did It Happen, about the collapse of uh, British home stores. And um, I've had to listen to some of these tracks, and uh, that sounds pretty promising. Um, yeah, he's this bloke is proper. Mm. So uh, that should be very, very exciting indeed. Yeah, it will be. I mean, I think that, I think as we said before, that um, this this change from Murray Gold to a new composer might be one of the most profound changes mm. who has undergone since the reboot. I mean, because uh, out of everything, Murray Gold has been you know the mainstay yeah. and i know that um, obviously just think well he just does the music i mean how we've all done this we, we've had you know in classes or you know just for yourself if you've done that experiment of you watch a film you have the music off then you turn the music on and mm -hmm. and how much it change how much it changes how you feel and all this sort of thing so it's it's massively important and there's there's a huge way the pe you know people who are just um you know maybe don't really watch the classic series who with just new who and they're yeah. really their whole mental picture 
of Who is soundtracked by Murray Gold. Exactly. So yeah. to have have a new have a new composer is a big change, mm. and he he can set the tone of how the show is essentially mm -hmm. and obviously he's going to have a crack at the theme tune so yep. that's always uh that's always interesting to hear so uh, yeah looking forward to it because this guy is is uh is a heck of an artist so mm -hmm. yeah i'm looking forward to uh, hearing what he's got absolutely yeah um and finally um we have an update about the 2018 christmas special it is happening <gasps> yes um i mean Something that became a profound part of Christmas in about five minutes flat. Because, mm -hmm. honestly, I mean, again, you know, who's only been back since, well, back on telly again regularly since 05. The first Christmas special sort of followed shortly afterwards. But now yeah. I can't think of Christmas without it. Yeah. Which seemed weird. So, according to an online CV of uh, editor Edel McDonnell, um, the long festive tradition will be maintained with Wayne Yip uh, on directing duties this time around. Um, Wayne Yip did Empress of Mars and Live the Land for Series 10 and also mm -hmm. worked on Class. So, uh, yeah, there we go. I mean, we don't know much more beyond it because obviously we haven't heard anything about Series 11. But um, it's good to know that it is still going to be a thing. Yeah, I mean, um, I know that the BBC was making... There were some sort of worrisome noises coming out of the BBC that... Uh, Maybe mm -hmm. I mean because the the the, uh, the two doctors special that we had last Christmas, yeah. Um, uh, you know there was noises about well you know if you if you don't make this you won't make another one and all this sort of thing and mm -hmm. yeah there was some 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 troubling troubling sort of uh, statements sort of floating around but um, yeah it looks like that uh, the tradition continues which is good mm. um, so uh, yay excellent excellent. Speaking of class, mm -hmm. um, it continues to cough along, which I think is quite interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, there's audios of it. Uh, yes, I've actually have, yeah, heard about that. Um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, why they, I mean, I think it's a bit of sunk cost fallacy going on here mm. that it's sort of like, we, you know, we, we kind of threw a bunch of eggs in that basket, so we don't want to let it go. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're... Where, I mean, you know, where it was greeted with kind of massive indifference. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, is it like, is it sort of like, um, like, like an audio version of like what the second series would be, or is it just sort of like set during the first series? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, the only thing I know is that it was, it was, um, they exist. I really don't know much oh. <laughs> about else about it, to be honest. Um, because I mean, like, like you, I mean, I kind of got. I think I got about four episodes in, and just went there. Mm. Yeah. So then, all all all, all my interest was uh, deleted after that. <laughs> <laughs> and so on to our main topic of this podcast, uh, the Basque of Mandragora. Joining us, as always, is the uh, pitmaster of the Sacred Cow Barbecue. It's Rick. <laughs> Hello. Uh. Let's all head off to um, uh, wonderful uh, Port Merion. I mean, fifteenth um, century Italy. Um, yeah, talking of Port Merion, uh, me and Chuck were going to go there for our honeymoon, but it is coins to go there, mate. Is it? Fucking hell! Yeah, it's a state because it's, it's like a um, it's oh, yeah. like the the the, um, the uh, prisoners, all the houses there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can stay in them. But yeah. fucking hell. It's like remortgage your bloody house to go and stay there. Bloody hell. That's right. I forgot they shot the prisoner there. Yes, I, I, in Port Merion. Yeah. Yes. Be hmm. seeing yes, you. It's a, yes, be <laughs> seeing you. Yeah, well, you will be seeing me out in the car park with a pair of binoculars because I can't afford to go in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was very interesting watching this because, as folks may recall, on my last appearance on the show... Uh, we were talking about the caves of Andersani, um, mm -hmm. and I had mentioned that Doctor that uh, Tom Baker's Doctor Who was the one I was most familiar with, and I rattled off a bunch of titles, including The Mask of Mandragora. And Emma, you very presciently said, "Hmm, that might not be as good as you remember it being." <laughs> 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 and. Uh, as I was watching this one, I realized I was conflating it with the talons of Wang Chiang. Mm. Ah, for, because the 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 there was there was mask play in that one too. And uh, while yes, I'm I'm sure that the talons of Wang Chiang are is horribly culturally insensitive by our our standards oh boy, today. Is Just it? a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit. Um, 
I, I do stand by, I remember it was a very well done episode and very creepy. Mm. Um, yes, it is, yeah. Um, this one, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's not bad. No, no, not at all. I, but I don't know, compared to like some of the others in like this season and, and like stuff like Image of the Fendel, it seems to be slightly lacking somehow, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, especially if you compare it to Image of the Fendel, because Image of the Fendel is essentially a better version of this, mm. but set in, at the time, contemporary Britain. Um, I think the the main issue with Mask of I mean, the thing with Mask is, like, if you've made a lit, I mean, I'm sure you two were probably thought, you know, aware of this when we watched it, like, this is like, put up the Emma signal. Um, <laughs> this is everything I like in, in, in Mahu, and... Mm. Um, when I think of it, I think, oh, it's fucking awesome. But then when I get to actually watch it again, I'm like, oh, it's not as good as I remember it. Mm. Um, because it, it it's kind of one of those, well, it was right at the beginning. It's the first episode of Series 14. Yeah. Or the first serial Series 14. So there's some changes rung in, which I'm sure we will we'll talk about in due course. But um, it's one of those ones that people kind of don't think about, really. It kind of gets brushed over. And mm. in a way, you kind of always think, well, why? is It's great. And then you go and watch it. You go, oh, actually, it, it's kind of not bad. But it, the reason, I th- the problem with it is, I think it, it doesn't quite know what it wants to do. And it doesn't exactly. really stick the landing, I think, Mark. There's, there's too, many, too much going on, and none of it really gets enough attention. Mm. Yeah. Um, so where do you want to begin with this? Well, um, I, I will say that when I started watching it, I had this panic. I was like, oh my god, I may have never seen this. Uh, <laughs> and then we got to this one point, and I'll, I'll bring it up later, because it's, it's much later in the, in the, the episodes, mm-hmm. uh, where I was like, oh, okay, because there's one line that's, that has stuck with me, and there's no way you'll guess it, because it is the most uh, inane thing in the show, but for some reason it stuck with me. When we get to it, I'll, I'll mention it. Um, but I was like, oh, okay, it was this one. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and I remembered the mask too. The uh, the the gun is good. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, shit. Yeah, it is a bit sad, isn't it? It is like that. Yeah, it's the mouth. I think it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you expect you just to kind of barf guns at you. <laughs> um, but I mean, when he takes it off, I mean, and you know, you just have the, you know, I think that that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I have to give them an A for effort on the on the uh, the the special effects of getting the TARDIS to through, through the Mandragora Nebula, which was just a circle of new age crystals with a toy TARDIS in the middle of it or something. <laughs> ah, you good old Mirrolon shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it, yeah, cause it was Mirrolon, wasn't it? That they yeah. used, it's one of those things that, you know, like in, in Siri with the uh, Colin Baker's things, when they discovered Quantel mm. and that's all they use for anything. Yeah. Um, you know, Mirrolon, which is essentially like um, kind of a shiny fabric, isn't it? And then when you sort of push and pull it, it sort of it look well, when you shine a light on it and then wobble it around, it kind of mm. looks like special effects. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they they just kind of use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, what I will say is that uh, it has it has the classic Doctor or BBC thing of like, oh, it's sci-fi. Is it is a white corridor with some hexagons? It's a period <laughs> piece. Well, hold the fucking phone. Uh, Let me get the go. costume department here. Mm-hmm. So it looks amazing. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, the, the costumes mean, it, are awesome. Yeah, um, I've got the feeling that this is essentially a BBC costume drama set in, you know, the Renaissance with the Medici's and all that sort of thing, and then the Doctor just happened to turn up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a well, perfectly good BBC costume drama happening, and then Tom Baker arrived. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remembered during this that you had mentioned, uh, not maybe to read to me directly, but in, in some of your earlier shows, that uh, the one of the original mandates for Doctor Who was as a history lesson for school kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, as I was watching these, you know... Ex- at least as far as I could tell, very authentic Italian Renaissance costumes. Uh, I was I was very impressed with that much. But then it, it I guess it stands to reason that they probably have warehouses full of that stuff at the BBC. I think. The, oh God, yeah, yeah. As I recall, I think um, the costume design actually flew out to Italy because I think the, most of the costumes were from um, I think it was a 1954 film of Romeo and Juliet. 
Um, unfortunately, of course, like time had uh, put paid to some of the costumes, so basically it was just a case of just like grabbing what was decent and then slapping it yeah. back to England. Um, but um, yeah, it's <laughs> they, still... they certainly didn't sk- uh, skimp in the codpiece area. There were some rather flamboyant uh, mm. posing pouches in those outfits. Indeed. <laughs> Well, it, it's historical, isn't it? So yeah. uh, you're allowed to have just, you know, hang some dong in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon in the BBC because, you know, that's what they did then. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say that uh, what do you guys make of the the wood effect TARDIS, which um, looks somewhat like a few of the living rooms I used to go in as a kid? It is um, very with 70s. wood panelling. Yeah. <laughs> it is well 70s. <laughs> So when, when you're talking about the the second control room that they came the across, the second control room, mm, yeah, uh, were, were that the third? Were, were that were those the third Doctor's clothes hanging there? Yes. Okay, I, I and, figured and, as much. And it was the second Doctor's recorder that um, Sarah Jane played, but um, I think doesn't the Doctor say, "Oh, this was the original control room," yet we've never seen it. <laughs> yes, it's like you know, I come here all the time. What do you mean you haven't been here before? <laughs> Um, I mean, it, it does look nice. Um, it is maybe it's a little bit too wooden. Um, I think, I think it, it sort of shows up. It, it sort, um, especially watching it on a high definition telly, mm. you, you know, it, it does sort of just look like the inside of someone's barge. Um, it, it does. <laughs> I, I probably because it's sort of balsa wood or whatever it is. It kind mm-hmm. of as especially as series fourteen goes on, because they use this throughout. Um, that series, the second control room, mm-hmm. um, it kind of starts to look a bit knackered. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's it's a nice change of pace, and mm-hmm. obviously it kind of goes with the the idea of of this serial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I quite like it. It's one of those things of when you watch it, you, you randomly watch an episode of series fourteen. Oh yeah, there that it is. That was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a thing. I I do get a kick out of it whenever they just uh, fuck with reality on doctor who because you know they're they're wandering I, I like seeing the interior of the tardis i love how utterly ludicrous they get whenever they do that which is fun um as they just start wandering through you know the, the most random sets you could find or you know <laughs> warehouses or, or shit uh and then you go into this other control room and suddenly it's the front door and mm. i i love that kind of stuff when they do it yeah Actually, that is one of the, like, the special features on the DVD releases. There's a, a, a whole featurette about the TARDIS, and um, you've got like, the likes of Christopher Bidmead, who sort of like, he's, he thinks of like, the TARDIS as like a computer program you can uh, install and delete things whenever, and then there's you know, Barry Newby who's like, oh, it should be this massive grand thing, but we never really had the budget for it, and uh, you've got like, all these sort of like um, students of design and things like uh, chiming in with their thoughts and it's um, it's very interesting to see like how like people have their own ideas of what the TARDIS should be mm. I, I have no idea I've never been able to it, it's it's kind of like um, the new Enterprise in the Kelvin timeline oh yeah I have absolutely no feeling for an interior layout whatsoever yeah oh, yeah true especially when you go from like shiny apple like bridge to brewery I yeah. mean engineering, sorry, engineering. I meant engineering. Um, yes. <laughs> that place um, is an Apple shop, though, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah. Two things I loved about this episode. Uh, one was getting to know Tom Baker again, and mm-hmm. I had either never noticed before, or had I don't think I just It just never really occurred to me. His smile is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... He just, he just, his whole face lights up. I mean, you know, I know Baker is a little on the uh, unhinged side, but mm. yeah, I mean, you know, it, I, mm. I yeah, never considered him pretty. Isn't really the right word. Handsome isn't really the right right word. There's nothing striking. Well, yeah, and there's nothing exactly. It, I'm not like sexualizing him at all. But when he smiles, mm. you just you just you hear attention. little butterflies and, yeah. and angels and stuff. <laughs> He's kind of handsome like Sigourney Weaver is handsome. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I adore Sarah Jane so much. And this was such a wonderful yeah. Sarah Jane mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't originally meant to be in this, was she? Um, I think Liz no. was supposed to bow out at the end of the previous series. But then she found out that they were making... Mask of Mandragora is like, oh shit, I want to do this. 
Um, and I think then, uh, obviously, I think it was Hand of Fear came up next, and then that was all we saw for Sarah Jane in the classic series. Um, but, yeah, it's it's strange to think to try and imagine, like, where they would have gone had Sarah Jane left at the end of the previous series. Would this have been the fourth Doctor on his own? Or... Um probably i mean because we know that um for it's sort of a matter of record that tom baker was was strongly pushing to be on his own mm. at this point um i mean that's why you get um a uh, face of evil uh, sort of in short order after this yeah. um where he is on his own and uh, you know um i think that it was i mean there is sort of apocrypha that face of evil was essentially made just to get tom baker to shut up about being on his own um (laughs) (laughs) um, so uh yeah i would have thought that you know if if tom baker had sufficiently got his way because he was starting to this is kind of at the start of the period where he's you know a couple of years in now and so he's starting to to kind of throw some elbows about Mm -hmm. um kind of what he wants to do on the show and where he thinks it it should what he what what they should be doing so yeah i i think that if um if uh, Liz Sladen had gone um, in the end of the previous series, he would have pushed strongly to be on his own in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, because kind of the, the weird thing about the Mask of Mandragora, it's got that Indiana Jones thing, you know, like the Big Bang Theory thing of like, if Indy wasn't in um, Temple of Doom, nothing would be different. Um, you know, the, 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 all the events of the film would have happened the same regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd, that'd be Raiders, not Temple, but... Yeah. Sorry, Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, I was gonna, why do I get them mixed up? So yeah, it'd be Raiders. Like if so, if India was, you know, if you take India out of Raiders, nothing changes. And yeah. it's kind of the same thing. The thing of like, if the t- Doctor didn't turn up in Mask of Mandragora, would anything be different? Ooh, well, yeah, he does. He does stop the takeover of the men of the. What, what's the what's the energy the called? Mandragora uh, Helix. He, the Mandragora just, Helix. I then see. again, it's kind of his own fault anyway. Well, yeah, yeah he brought it there to begin with. So well, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just only because he didn't shut the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> shut the door, you silly idiot. <laughs> Here, my mum's asking if he was born in a barn. <laughs> I did it. I did get a kick out of. I'd forgotten that that Tom Baker's doctor was an action time lord, running, jumping, climbing trees. <laughs> Riding horses badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did that. Act, I think he probably did that actor thing. Of, oh, yeah, I can ride a horse. No, I can't. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Although his hair does allow for stuntmen to be uh, disguised pretty well. Mm. Yes, it does. Um, yeah, he. I mean, yeah, especially in his sort of early days. That obviously that does sort of diminish. I mean, there there were reasons why he didn't do it as much in kind of his later his later episodes. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, in, especially in his early days, he was definitely about that action boss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, isn't even though um, it was Tyrone experiment, wasn't it? He tried to do a stunt and dislocated his collarbone. <laughs> yeah, it uh, was. I mean, that's why that if you, you watch that, um, I mean, it's kind of well known. But he's 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 using his scarf as kind of a, a sling in mm-hmm. it to disguise the fact he can't move his arm. Um, so yeah, I mean because that was way early in his tenure as well. So he thought he was going to get fired and uh, replaced <clears throat> because yeah. <laughs> uh, of his injury. But uh, yeah, um, uh, I will say that I think that maybe we should get to the central issue. I think that might be what is actually kind of the thing that makes Basket and Dragon not especially a successful story is that they kind of try to set up it's a science versus reason thing because mm. obviously they set it during during the renaissance and the enlightenment and that sort of thing but it it doesn't really deliver on that what do you guys think mm. <clears throat> yeah i mean it's it's sort of it's addressed current like concurrently throughout the story but never really sort of like it's, it's supposed to be like leonardo da vinci is supposed to be like present during the um events of the story <laughs> Like especially near the end, but um, like that never really gets like capitalized upon. It's never sort of like, you know, the the end of human reasoning before it even begins. Um, it's never really treated like that big of a a potential loss, if that makes sense. It's like, yeah, well, there was a lot of lip service to it, mm. but ultimately, you know, the 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 cult was kind of right. The, the you know. As as far as they could tell, 
the the helix energy pretending to be Demnos was a demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, despite the fact that uh, what, what what was the prince's name or the the dukeling? What, um, um, Marco? Uh, Marco? No, no Marco no, was the, the man friend. Giuliano. Um, you know his his attempts to maintain reason, but ultimately he was wrong. While you know we know that. Uh, the, the the helix energy is a creature from space. Mm. You know what's the difference between that and a demon? And what it was going to do was exactly what the cult of Demnos wanted it to do. Yeah. Uh, so, th- th- yeah, it, it it was a good idea that didn't didn't belong in this story because it, it wasn't like a Scooby Doo thing where it was like at the end, oh, it was Old Man Smithers with this machine he built. <laughs> it was it actually mm. was an energy being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do like um, so, um, the Mandragora Titans' like reason for doing it because they, you know, they don't want Earthlings to muscle in on their territory when they get like big enough to, you know, head out into the stars. Are being a bit preemptive about it. Um, that was cool, but um, yeah. yeah, it's it's like it's supposed to be this grand threat to all of you know human history, but it's sort of like sort of like treated as like a oh, this might be a bit of a problem. You know, it's I think it's mm-hmm. more like it's. It's almost like too, I would say, abstract of a concept. But, um, you know, because we we don't really sort of like. Uh, do you think it's, it's just. Do you feel like it's maybe that the story's just trying to kind of sp- spread itself too thin? Like, mm. if it sort of. If this problem was there when, you know, before the Doctor arrived, so to speak, and then mm. you have. You kind of strongly back. The, the science versus reason thing, you know, the science versus superstition uh, kind of angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they're trying to do a few different things, it all ends up a bit wishy-washy. Maybe that's that's what it is. Mm. Yeah. I well, my yeah. You had the whole the court intrigue thing with the the, uh, the what's the Federico. Frederica, thank you, mm-hmm. the uncle's name. I should have written down names. I took a lot of notes. I didn't <laughs> write down a single goddamn name. It's all right. <laughs> um, you know, that and with him and the astrologer and and then you add in the cult of Demnos and then you add in the helix energy and then you add in the doctor and Sarah getting captured every five minutes and escaping every ten. Uh, it, it just kept going around in circles and never really getting anywhere. True. Well, that's it. I mean, you do. I mean, this is kind of where me and Mike usually launch in to rewrite the story because <laughs> we do this quite a lot. Um, but you, you do sort of feel like maybe if there had been some excuse for the Doctor just to kind of show up there and the problem was already pre-existing, yeah. and then he was trying to help, kind of the reason faction win out over the culty faction, which we've seen. You know, we've seen the Doctor do this a bunch, and yeah. I think that maybe the 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 story doesn't you know succeed up to a point because. The production team was kind of trying to do something not what they had done a bazillion times before at this point, mm. um, which is why I think that you know there's a kind of a different take on it. You have the thing that the doctor introduces the problem now he's got to fix it. Yeah. Um, the whole the, the new console room they're trying to they're trying to sort of spice things back up a bit yeah. because I mean it was kind of um, from what you know the law says you know Philip Hinchcliffe was um, trying to kind of get away from a lot of the the tropes that he felt Doctor Who had now got kind of in stuck in a rut with mm. um the kind of your basic base under siege kind of spacey spaceshipy stories yeah so essentially they let him do horrible histories um <laughs> uh, um which they were quite keen on sticking with with that essentially mm. so um i think that that's that's kind of the, the result of all those feelings that the, the production team had is kind of what we end up with in, in Mask of Mandragora. I mean, obviously, later on, they have much more success with it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the Mask kind of... it It's like I say, it's not bad at all, but there's there's kind of... Element, the way that it's set up, it just doesn't quite stick the landing. Yeah. Well, I think it suffers also from you know, and you all have brought this up on other about other episodes too. I think it suffers from having to be a four-part serial. Um, I think if it yeah. could have just been one, you know, forty to seventy-minute story and been trimmed down a bit, I think it, it, it might have been better. It might have clipped along better. 
One thing I did get a real kick out of, um, there's the, there's a scene where Frederico is brooding, and Marco, his his uh, heterosexual life mate, <laughs> is sitting in a chair, <laughs> polishing his sword. Mm. <laughs> like we're not being too subtle here, are we, guys? <laughs> Definitely not. Nope. The, the 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 ambiguously gay duo is something is a trope in Doctor Who, which I've I've grown to enjoy. Um, <laughs> which uh, I, to be honest, I think that that's again, it's that kind of costume drama thing of like you know this is this was the society in Italy in the in the in the late fourteen hundreds, but because we're looking at it through a twenty first century prism, you sort of Super gay. <laughs> yeah, it also doesn't help when you've got like Giuliano sort of like looking up the doctor up and down when um, he's getting uh, um, grilled by Federico, and then at the end of the story, he literally gives the doctor a large sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I noticed that I I can't believe I hadn't noticed this before, uh, and this is a much bigger issue. Um, you know how we tend to we we as fans in general and and pedants all of us uh, jump down the throats of anyone who refers to the Doctor as Doctor Who, and yet in yeah. the closing credits that's what they call him. Yeah, this is this is an ongoing issue uh, <laughs> to join the to join the the ever lo- long list of ongoing issues in Doctor <laughs> Who. Um, it's it variously changes between Doctor Who and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because obviously during the first, you know, during the first Doctor's time, he was he was credited as Doctor Who, yeah. And the the series just can't stop making Doctor Who question mark jokes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, that, this is an ongoing thing, as yeah. if you didn't realise. <laughs> no, I'd never noticed it before. Uh, oh, okay. And, and just I I generally tune out during the the the, the end credits because there's never any reason to watch them. Uh, and I just I hadn't switched over to the next episode quickly enough, and I noticed it's like Tom Baker is Doctor. I was like, what the? F-? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, was, I mean, because they they sort of credit um, Liz Sladen as Sarah Jane in this as well, and they didn't usually do that, did they? It's usually Sarah Jane Smith, I think. They usually yeah. they went for, like full name <clears throat> credits, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, the series has always done that. I guess I was up until. Was it Tom Baker's last year? They, they switched over from crediting him as Doctor Who to the Doctor. And then that ran through to the end of this new series. And I distinctly remember um, when it came back in 2005, uh, they actually credited Christopher Eccleston as Doctor Who. And I thought, well, that's a bit weird. And then David hmm. Tennant, um, being the fanboy that he is, sort of like, no one would say put his foot down necessarily, but so I go, well, no, he's not called Doctor Who, he's called the Doctor. And it's sort of like changed back ever since. <laughs> so it's been a, it's a strange uh, hill to die on, um, to be honest. Although yeah. te- technically the doctor is correct. Um, yes, the best kind of correct. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, look, nonsensical arguments is what this fandom was built on, and yes. god damn it, we're going to do it <laughs> until we're dead. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like there's continuity in the, in Doctor Who, <laughs> yeah. Well, there um, is, but no. Okay, look, I'm not going down there. I'm not going down that rabbit. <laughs> can, can we um, take a moment to talk about uh, Gargamel? I mean, Hieronymus. Um, I really liked Norman Jones. It's really sort of like he does that sort of line of it's like wide-eyed, it's like bulging-eyed, sort of just on the verge of madness type of character very well, doesn't he? For just a second, I thought, "Is that Robert O'Reilly?" And I was like, "No, okay, it's not." <laughs> you could actually put a Klingon forehead on him, and he'd probably fit in quite well. I he think. has the same. It, and if you don't know who I'm talking about, folks, the the actor that played Gowron on the, mm. on Star Trek: The Next Generation, they both have very similar crazy eyes. Oh yeah, <laughs> glory oh, yes. to you, Agile. <laughs> <laughs> I was I always remember um, Way of the Warrior when. Um, Wolf basically just goes, nah, fuck off, I'm not joining you. And he just goes, so be it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that sticks with me so much, but um, there you go. Um, Well, I I decided that Demnos Mm -hmm. must be the god of overacting. (laughs) 
<laughs> Look, I, I, that's the problem. I think that there there is quite a lot of um, Shakespeare in the park going on here. Yeah. Not to not to disrespect our lovely guests' uh, line of work, but I think mm. there are some people who are like, oh, this is just basically panto. Yeah. And I, I will act accordingly, bigly, <laughs> and tell you about everything that, you know, with sort of, you know, it's got sort of a bad case of um, kind of, you know, one of the guards actually says, Sire, let me punish this insolent dog. dog yeah. At, yeah, at one point, you're <laughs> it, like, oh, my God, please like, chill out. <laughs> check. There you go. Yeah. Insolent dog. Tick. Tick. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Finish your drinks, ladies and gentlemen. Someone yeah. actually said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, See, I kind of love classic Who for for the villains who are just, you know, they probably need to have their stomachs pumped of scenery by the time they're done doing the shows. <laughs> yeah, oh, they are. Yeah. They're picking bits out of their gums. We, we need to show you the horns of Naimon. Oh, don't show him the horns of Naimon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, please. No, we can't. Should we My make him watch a really bad one conquest. just to do it? <laughs> What's that? The horns of what? Nymon. Nymon. N-I-M-O-N. N-I-M. All right. It's um, fourth Doctor and for second it. Romana. And it is glorious. <laughs> oh, mate. It's, it's, a, it's a journey. <laughs> it is. It is a trip and a half. Okay. <laughs> Am I the only one that was disappointed there was no yakety sax playing over the lo- the big long chase scene? <laughs> <laughs> well, the big the big long episode padding one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, we do do. I mean, just be thankful that you didn't hear them running across the scenery. I mean, yeah. they actually managed to. You don't hear like the balsa wood cracking underneath <laughs> their feet, which sometimes you do in the chase sequences. Yeah, I mean it. This this story is is maybe one of the er examples of kind of get captured and escape itis that um, mm-hmm. that Doctor Who does suffer from um, on occasion where they sort of need to add jeopardy. Mm. Yeah, I the, nothing in this episode really annoyed me. No, um, no. But there were uh, there were a couple of times I was like, oh, you got caught again. You got what ten feet this time? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> a new record. um yeah yeah i mean and you know like yet again um poor sarah jane gets hypnotized into uh doing evil yeah Um, wouldn't be the last time either (laughs) you also say this happens to her a bunch yeah i mean this is why i'm kind of i'm I'm a i'm a joe grant evangelist for life because it happens she gets hypnotized once and then after that she basically the master tries it on her again and she tells him to eat shit because she uh prepared herself for it um so yeah the, the it happens entirely too much to sarah jane <laughs> eldrad must live yes <laughs> uh, let's say we'll see you in the next episode eldrad yeah. um <laughs> yeah the, um, I, was, I don't know if you're aware rick the, uh, the panda fear is what follows this so uh that's kind of directly after this is eldrad must live ah okay mm-hmm. yeah and uh, another musical cue I think they missed an opportunity on was when the uh, the, the cult of Demnos was, was filing into the room. And I was just thinking, P.A.S.U. Domine. But, yeah, well, also speaking of, like, missing music cues, when they're at the altar, sort of, like, like praying to Demnos, they, they do this sort of like they go up towards the altar and then they step back and you just think knees bend, arms stretch, rah rah rah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, Doctor, the Doctor, Doctor Who needs more cults. I'm all about hmm. cults. Um, I love a cult, me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, but don't you think it's weird that this this thought struck me while I was sort of reviewing it? Don't you feel like there should be a, a weird Doctor-centered cult? Why haven't we had that yet? Well, it kind of was in, in yeah, the I mean, later... Yeah, we've had fans. We've had yeah. fans. And obviously we've had, you know, in Love and Monsters, the basically XB of um, local fan groups, mm-hmm. which is what Linda is, essentially. But no, I mean weird cults like this. Well, no, no. In in the, you know, in the, the later David Tennant, uh, Matt Smith periods there, wasn't... Wasn't? Wasn't. 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 I mean, it's it's kind of an anti-cult, but there was an organization that was dedicated to eradicating the Doctor, and that's... Oh, Madame Quiverian's lot. 
that's, yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the master had his sort of bargain basement <laughs> prisoner cell block H cult. Um, what the fuck is that? I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> which comes out of nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I meant like, I meant like a sort of worship the doctor style kind of do blood rituals in his honour kind of <laughs> cult. Yeah. I, you know, I just feel like, why isn't there being, surely that, you know, the kind of, person that he is well say person loosely mm-hmm. uh, being that he is you would have thought it would have inspired kind of i mean it, it has in real life but i mean weird um culty following you would have thought that he maybe had gone to a planet and they're like he has arrived you guys know better than i do i feel like that's sort of happened on a small scale from time to time mm. but he also you know he, he I mean, at least in universe, you know, in reality, he's about as subtle as a kick to the groin. But, you know, in, mm. in universe, he's, he's supposedly working behind the scenes and nobody really knows. And who was that mysterious stranger sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have, obviously I have hinted at it because obviously we're now in the Internet age and you would have thought there would have been people with like, um, you know, the, the chalkboard with the red string and like, you know, pictures of the grassy knoll and you can just see the top of Matt Smith's hair or something like that with like a... <laughs> Did, you, but you that know, happened something. in an episode, didn't it? Oh, it's Rose, yeah. It's Rose, yeah, but you yeah. would have thought that, I don't know, I mean, because I was going to say that that has, that has somewhat happened and mm-hmm. that there is obviously oh, online okay. conversation. I mean, I mean, that there is a throwaway line in is, is with one of them where Mickey is kind of put forward as some sort of internet genius who has somehow erased all knowledge of the doctor off the internet yeah. question mark um, <laughs> yeah um, yeah I don't, I don't know whether this is sort of thing because i mean the bbc can be awfully protective of things so maybe it's sort of like they yeah. don't want to have like i don't want to say like a, a positive sort of cult um worshiping the doctor that's not what i mean like they don't want they want people doing bad things because of the doctor, not in the doctor's yes. name. I can see that actually. I think mm. you're probably right. I, I mean, um, I, I can't believe that no one's brought that up. If you see yeah. what I mean, it, it because seems like, like a missed opportunity. Yeah, it's probably yeah. tons in like the um, like the, the books. The books, yeah, probably. I'm gonna have to ask Chuck about this because he would he would know. He's he's read them all. Mm. Um, I might ask him if if such a thing has ever happened or, or you know email me or something yeah so was that the best fu- sword fight ever oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I, mean, I love it when they do one man against five and they and the five just kind of stand there yeah, patiently just, waiting yeah. their stand there and take turns <laughs> yeah come on, you should be able to fucking shish kebab him you know there's <laughs> you have number him you know and yet you can't sort of like, it's just like uh, 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 sort of like no, come on, bollocks! Like that. I, <laughs> you know, it might be it might be different if you're in like a wushu film or something like that. You know, but um, come on, it's not even particularly like bulky. <laughs> oh man! I was going to say this much. This sort of thing must kind of get on your tits, Rick, because obviously this is this is your thing. Oh, sword sword fighting on TV! Yeah, it drives me crazy. I mean, I I am a swordsman, but I'm also a theater person so i know where the line is between what a real fight looks like and what a good stage fight looks like mm. and this one was neither <laughs> <laughs> i mean I will, I will argue there have been decent stage fights in in doctor who i would mm. cite the the master versus doctor sword fight um uh, uh, as in yeah as as fairly decent to my kind of untrained eye mm. but yeah uh, the, the the five versus one fight i mean unless it's literally like a ninja <laughs> or something like some sort of mystical martial art type thing, or John Wick, mm. then, you know, it's it's always a bit like, just fucking run him through while he's not looking at you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a well, there is a magic. Nice there is turns. a tactic to fight five guys, and or five opponents, I should say, and that is to attack. Mm-hmm. That it, You know, it, I, I read it in a book and I've, I've used it in actual combat and it works. And it's when outnumbered, attack. You don't stand back and wait for them to pick you apart because they will and they can. Mm-hmm. You have to get into the middle of them, cause confusion, have them getting in each other's way and kill them that way. You don't stand back and fence with one while the other four politely wait their turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
But I mean, yeah, it's 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 sort of it's sort of the, the, the tried and true sort of like trope of any sort of like televisual sword fight, really. And I don't mm-hmm, think yeah. that, it's not the sort of thing that's ever really going to change because. I think I think a lot of audiences who like don't have that sort of experience in sword combat would sort of like think, well, why would you go charging in? It's just going to get absolutely mauled from all sides, you know. It works though. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it doesn't. And it's you know. fun as hell too. <laughs> yeah. At least until they all turn around and <laughs> yeah. stab the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> you get a pointy sword right up your jacksy. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that that. And this brings us to how I rem- now, how I'm I now know I I watched the episode. Mm-hmm. Demnos or the Helix Energy or whatever you want to call it goes to great lengths to tell um, what's the astrologer's name? Hieronymus. Uh, well, I'll call him that, my first kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone who stands at this at your spot will get pureed. Mm. And then the doctor spends a lot of time standing there. And, yeah. Nothing happens. <laughs> this is, yeah. um, I think they were supposed to do something with that, but I don't know whether they just didn't have time or just got cut from the script or what. But there was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be a bit where uh, Sarah Jane stands at the altar and I don't think anything like fatal happens to her, but, you know, it's, it's supposed to like not be good. Yeah. But when I realized I had I had seen this episode and I have no idea why this line has stuck with me all these years... When the doctor says, surely you have wire. Wire, wire drawing technology has been around for at least 100 years. <laughs> I have no idea why I remembered that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not even sure. Like, I don't think it was that long they had uh, wire drawing technology. I'm sure it was uh, a little bit sooner than that. It wasn't 100 years, though. But um, um, it, it's always a bit sketchy with their um, with the chronology. I think because I well, think yeah, because they made mention of um, Galileo's telescope, and I don't think that was until wasn't like wasn't it certainly wasn't fifty years later. It was I think it was more like a hundred again. So yeah, it's I, yeah, I think it's like got to presume that your your average um, viewing audience isn't going to be going well. Actually, um, I think yeah. you're fine. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, because there probably were people ringing the BBC because this is this is true. Apparently, um, th- th- well, I'd say a bit of background first. There is uh, a bird in in Britain called the wood pigeon, and it has a very distinctive like hoo 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 kind of um, call. Yeah, those fuckers keep me awake. Yeah, same. I mean, the um, they were introduced to Britain about fifty years ago, <laughs> and genuinely, this happens right now. If you have a, a on a, a show on the BBC which is more than 50 set more than 50 years ago from today and you hear a wood pigeon in it people will ring the BBC and say it's wrong <laughs> so I guarantee you there were people ringing up the BBC about some you know the, the many historical inaccuracies in in um, thing but yeah I think the average viewer was like because it's in 1492 which of course you know Columbus sailed the ocean blue mm-hmm. getting lost and styling it out um so yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the the historical level. I mean, it's that thing of they do like you know here are the famous people from this time, and the doctor knows them all, of course. <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of wish he was just coming to visit Leo because mm. it would it would have tied into City of Death nicely. Yeah, well, it was it was just such a dropped joke too because he's he's so obsessed about meeting Leonardo through the whole thing, and mm. then at the end he's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you know what though? It's like that though sometimes, isn't it? When you sort mm. of get so hyped up to do something, and then you're just hot and tired. Like, oh, I can't bother going home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after after the day he's had, it's just like you know what? Fuck it. I'll just go have a cup of tea and not yeah. worry about it. I mean, I'll see him later. Yeah, you've earthed yourself a man dragger energy. You know, you, you want to take five, don't you? You just want to put your feet. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's like you know what? He's, he's got a time machine. Just come back some other. You know, when I, you know, I'm not so angry. Mm. <laughs> But overall, it was I, I enjoyed watching it. I watched it all in one sitting, mm-hmm. uh, which you know, if if it was painful, I would have found reasons to to do other things in between. Um, I enjoyed revisiting Tom the Tom Baker days. Uh, you know, it wasn't it it wasn't a bad experience at all. Mm. Um, it just I I think maybe it's just the name is cooler than the episode was, which is why it stuck with me. Mm. Because you know, mask of Mandragora. That's a that Mandragora is a great word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, it appeals to me because it, it, it's kind of my wheelhouse of things that I like. Mm-hmm. In that, it's essentially kind of Hammer Horror for Tea Time, kind of Doctor Who, which is kind of the era that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like. I, I, there's certainly a lot I enjoy about it, but it's always when I go back to it, I think, oh, yes, it's awesome. And then you know, it's never quite as good as I remember. Yeah. And also, it suffers by comparison that it has got a much better version of itself in Image of the Fendal. Mm later on you know later on in the series yeah yeah it's true i mean it, it, like i say it's it's not a bad episode i think it just i think also because you've got like stuff like deadly assassin in face of evil yeah. and all that sort of stuff i think it's sort yeah, of one and, of those ones uh, uh yeah it gets lost in the shuffle, shuffle a bit yeah. like in series 12 where you know you know like android invasion gets kind of lost in in all of it because it's surrounded by incredibleness yeah um yeah, it's just in that it's not bad. It just kind of suffers by comparison mm-hmm. to everything else. Like you say, you got Hand of Fear, got Deadly Assassin coming up. The next series, obviously, the next series is Sarah Jane's exit in the Hand of Fear. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle, and unfortunately, it doesn't do a lot for itself by being a little bit ordinary in places. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that I think if that's if there's any sort of like flaw to Mask of Man Drag, it is it's just very run of the mill. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it kind of, um, I sort of, in my mind, I compare it a bit, to, I mean, because it's nothing like it, obviously, but I mean, just in terms of, like, I wish it was better mm-hmm. in the Event Horizon, the yeah. film, which it should, mm-hmm. I, I should love Event Horizon, it should be the greatest movie of all time to me, but every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, why aren't you better? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and it's, it's, you know, I just kind of a bit like, you know, while I enjoy it while I watch it. And, you know, I'm the first one to put Liberate to my ex inferius on things when it amuses me to do so. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, um, yeah, you just always go, oh, just, we, I mean, because, you know, with the Event Horizon, it's very famously, there's, you know, like a two and three quarter hour cut of it mm-hmm. in, in that was supposed existed, which is so much better. And, you know, it's got Alien 3 syndrome that me and Rick have argued about endlessly. <laughs> the, the theatrical cut of Alien 3 is is garbage, but I maintain the assembly cut is, is pretty good. Um, it was better. So, yeah, I, it, it still I, I didn't fix like some of the problems it. I had with it. But, oh God, uh, no, no, it doesn't, not at all. But I mean, it's the case of like, yeah, I sort of put it in that category of things that I like, but I wish I liked it more mm, because yeah. it should be, you know, it's everything that I love in my in my fantasy and, and sci-fi, you know, uh, wheelhouse, if you like. Yeah. yeah. Is this extended cut of Event Horizon out there, or is it no. just rumored? Well, I know, because Paul Anderson uh, said that, you know, um, we had all the stuff, but then it all got lost, so it's it's oh, lost yeah. to history, um, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, if they ever, you know, if there was ever anything ever came out of it, you know, I'll be queuing up at the shop to buy it, because yeah. <laughs> I, I'm desperate to see if it makes it any uh, better. Um but yeah, it has. It's got my, some of my favourite stuff in it, though. That bit where they they watch the thing on the on the because um, I like it because the characters don't act dumb in it. Like Lawrence mm. Fishburne, you know, when they when they watch the the, the cruise log, which ends in the in you know the save yourself from hell thing, and he just goes, "We're leaving." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this. We're leaving. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So, anything else about Mask of Mandragora, or shall we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. Okay. So let us know your thoughts. You can email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com, tweet us at greatestshowpod, or you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash greatestshowpodcast. We invite you to visit simplysyndicated.com and check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. The best way you can help us out is by signing up to Simply Everything. A monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to ad-free versions of current shows, a library of podcasts from the network's archives, and shows that are exclusive to the service. We also have a merchandise store that offers apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. We also have a Patreon, and you can donate to the network through PayPal, of which links are both on the bottom of the website. So thank you very much, Rick. Thank you. It was fun. And thank you, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care and bye-bye.